Hot diggity! You're mocking me, aren't you? You never know. I could be on the endangered species list. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. All righty then. Hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am Gamer Dude. Glad to have you with us for some more stories this week. Today we're talking about one of my first loves. No, it's not what you think. It's basketball. I love basketball. That is my favorite sport to participate in. It used to be one of my favorite sports to watch, but because of all the commercials in TV and because of the 30-second clock in college and the 24-second clock in pros, the game has no flow on TV anymore. I know people love it, people love to watch it, it's still a decent thing to watch, but I don't love to watch it like I used to. But I still love to play, and basketball is such a great game. Five guys working together, coordinating an offense, coordinating a defense, back and forth, up and down the court. It's quite a workout, too. Boy, oh boy, you play a couple of hours of basketball, you work up a sweat, let me tell you. And even if you go to a playground or a rec center or the Y and get into pickup games, you can run and have fun and get to mingle with folks. Oh, basketball is so much fun. And my history with basketball goes back to childhood. I remember the neighbors across the street, Vinny, he had a driveway that went up a hill and at the top of the driveway it was flat and his father installed a basketball hoop up there. And this is one of the old school installations. I mean, they drilled a hole in the ground and put a post and concrete and had a set basketball hoop there. This is long before the days where you can go buy a portable basketball hoop now run over to Walmart or any of the sporting goods stores and you can get one of those portable basketball hoops where you install it and roll it onto your property and then you can fold it up and put it in the garage at the end of the season. But long before those were invented, the only way you could get a basketball hoop in your yard was to install the post on the corner of the driveway or the edge of the driveway or the edge of the patio, wherever you wanted to install it. But it was a process. Get the right size post. Get the right size hole. Measure it carefully. Drill the hole in the ground, set the concrete, let the pole set. You had to let it set for a couple of days so that pole would be rigid. Then you have to measure again, make sure you're putting your backboard at the right height. Make sure the rim is exactly 10 feet. You don't want any of those nine and a half foot rims. You wanted it to be 10 feet. Yes, the rim is 10 feet off the ground in case you didn't know. And if you're playing on a nine and a half foot rim or a 10 and a half foot rim, it throws your shot off when you get into an actual gymnasium. So you want to make sure your measurements are precise. And then, of course, there is the choice of the backboard. The traditional backboard that I grew up with was a white rectangular piece of plastic or polyurethane or whatever they made them out of back in the day. And in the middle of it was a red square, which was the square just above the rim that you see on all the basketball arenas throughout the country. It was a red square on a white backboard and it was a rectangle, period. And then, of course, you had the orange rim. The orange rim would extend out of the backboard. And then from the rim was the netting. Early on, though, I discovered there was a cool thing you could do with outside courts. Instead of the white netting, you could get a chain net. Oh, the chain net was cool because instead of that little when the basketball swishes through a net, if you hit a swish with a basketball on a chain net, it made this satisfying chink. You can't duplicate that sound. There's only one way to make that sound, and that's to swish a shot on a chain net. And that was cool. I loved that sound. But there's no better sound on a basketball court than that swish, that that you get when you swish a shot. Only a real basketball lover really appreciates that, but boy, did I appreciate that sound. But I'm jumping ahead. Back to Vinny's yard, he had that basketball hoop installed, and we, of course, would gravitate towards Vinny's yard to play basketball. 
Then his neighbor, Ray, and the kid across the street, but diagonally, also got a basketball hoop installed. So we had two basketball hoops. And if we wanted to play basketball, we could go to Ray's house. We could go to Vinny's house. Naturally, I wanted a basketball hoop as well. But Ray and Vinny each had paved driveways. Our driveway was gravel. And try as you might on a gravel driveway, there is not a lot of good dribbling that goes on there. Plus, getting my dad to invest in a 15-foot pole and drill a hole and put concrete in the ground in the driveway, that was not going to happen. So whenever I wanted to play basketball as a kid, I had to go to Ray's or I had to go to Vinny's. Now, at one point when I was a kid, my dad and his auction excursions brought home a backboard and a rim. No pole, just the backboard and the rim. And I had the bright idea, well, there's a telephone pole in the street at the end of the driveway. And it's on our property. So if we get a ladder and a couple of nails, we can have a basketball hoop too. And of course, that's what I did. I enlisted the aid of the neighbors. All of us kids got together, brought the ladder down the end of the driveway, leaned it against the telephone pole. I climbed up there with a handful of nails and a hammer. And of course, dad's tape measure because it had to be 10 feet. We dropped the tape measure and I nailed that wooden backboard because it was a wooden backboard. It wasn't one of those plastic backboards. It was off of some farmhouse somewhere. And the little box behind the rim was painted, not taped. So it kind of had a rustic look. It was like something you'd see on a field in Indiana somewhere. But anyway, we hauled it down the end of the driveway. I climbed the ladder. The guy stood on some garbage cans to hold the backboard in place. While we tried to measure 10 feet, we got it pretty close. And I started nailing the backboard into the telephone pole. And we got it up. We got that backboard nailed to that telephone pole. Now, in those days, the road was not too terribly busy. So we were able to play basketball in the street using the backboard on the telephone pole. And I was in my glory. I had my own hoop. It was awesome for exactly one afternoon. Then the local police came by. And imagine my surprise when they said, Uh, you can't nail basketball hoops to the telephone poles. The telephone company doesn't like it. And so we had to haul the ladder back down the driveway. We had to climb back up the ladder and we had to knock that backboard off the telephone pole. But boy, it was a glorious two hours of basketball in the street. So my basketball career when I was growing up was limited to whenever Vinny and Ray wanted to play basketball. And we had a lot of different games that we played, so basketball was not always at the top of the list. Softball, kickball, and not everybody liked basketball. Also, we were all kind of short, so shooting at a 10-foot rim, not always the easiest thing to do. So we played a lot of other games. But when I went away to college, that's when I discovered the basketball that I came to love. Because by the time I went to college, I was six feet tall and I could actually shoot on a 10-foot rim. I still didn't have a lot of exposure to basketball. I mean, I knew what the game was and I knew people played basketball, but I didn't know things about pickup games. and I didn't know how to call winners and I didn't know all of the little details about playing basketball in strange venues. I just knew you grabbed a ball and shot and there was five guys on a team. And really, throughout my freshman year in college, I didn't really play that much basketball. But the school that I went to, Bowling Green State University, had what was then a new recreation center, the rec center, we called it. And the rec center had everything. I mean, it had racquetball courts, it had swimming pools, and it had a huge basketball area. There was an area at one end of the rec center that was four basketball courts side by side. They were separated by nets. And so you could run four games at a time. Couple that with the fact that in my sophomore year, my roommate was a guy who played basketball in high school. He was a point guard, a really good point guard on his high school basketball team. 
He didn't really know anybody he wanted to room with. I didn't really know anybody I wanted to room with. So we wound up randomly together. And at one point, he invited me to go over to play basketball with him at the rec center. And I said, "Eh, sure, I got nothing else to do. And so we started playing basketball, shooting around a little bit. And on the courts inside the rec center, he went over and called winners on a court. No, I didn't know what that meant. What do you mean, winners? Well, for those who don't know, if you go up to a basketball court at the Y in an arena, out on the playground in some park, if there's an ongoing game, you find out where the line is for the people who want to play next. And you just say, I got winner. Or if there's somebody in front of you, I got next. The games on the floor are usually played to a set score. Sometimes it's 11, sometimes it's 15, sometimes it's 21. Each court has its own rules. And those rules aren't written down anywhere. You just learn them by showing up, paying attention. So he went up and called winners. And I looked at him and I said, winners? There's only two of us. How are we going to play? And I learned that if you show up with two people and you call winners, depending on how many people are there, you get your other three from whoever's around. And that's determined any number of ways. If there's only a few people there, the guys sitting around who aren't associated with anybody else who's got winners will shoot for the honor of being on your team. Okay, maybe it's not an honor, but at least they shoot for the chance to play with you. But if there's nobody else waiting around, the losers of the game that was just taking place shoot for the three spots on your team. You can also call winners if you're there by yourself. And then you just take four random players from wherever or off of the losing team. Yeah, there's a whole system that I had no knowledge about when I went over to play basketball at the rec center for the first time. Now, I don't remember the results of the first game, but I remember having a good time. It was fun running up and down the court. But there's things that were happening that I had no clue about. I mean, I knew how to defend. I knew how to cover a guy. And I knew how to shoot a little bit. But when my roommate said, all right, let's go zone, I had no clue he was talking about. Let's go zone. For those who don't know, a zone defense is a defense where instead of guarding a guy in a man-to-man situation, you guard your zone of the floor. And when the ball comes into your zone of the floor, you go guard the guy who's got the ball. But I didn't know that. I had no clue. I'd never played a zone defense in my life. I'd never even heard of a zone defense in basketball. I heard of a zone defense in the context of football, but I had no idea what it was. But I learned. I learned right quick. My roommate was a little frustrated with me, but he said, just cover the ball when it comes in this area. Okay, okay, I got it, I got it. So I finally figured out how to play zone. Not that day. It took several weeks of let's go zone before I figured out, oh yeah, this is what I do. Okay, and when the ball comes here, okay. And when it leaves my zone, okay, I go, okay, I got it, I got it. There was a lot of that in my head when I first started to learn to play basketball. What am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? But I learned. And as I learned, I learned I loved it. Not only that, I learned that I love playing defense. Whether it was a zone or a man-to-man defense, I loved it. And I loved it so much that one of the electives that I wound up taking in college was basketball. When you get out of high school, you figure you're never going to take a gym class again. Until you get to college and you realize, well, you got to fill these electives with something. And one of the electives that I took was basketball. Because I was finding myself really enjoying my time playing basketball. So I signed up for a basketball course. And as it turns out, the teacher of the course at Bowling Green was a former assistant coach of the L.A. Lakers. Now, to this day, I don't remember the guy's name. I just remember he gave us his resume, and on that resume was assistant coach L.A. Lakers. And some of the stories that he would tell us was about his time coaching the Lakers. And one of the things that he taught us was the importance of stretching before playing basketball. I had no idea what stretching was all about. When I would go out and play athletic events, whatever it was, I would just go play. When I started running, and I've talked about running in other episodes of the podcast, 
I learned that before you run, you should stretch. So I did some stretching before I would go out and run, but I didn't think about doing stretching before other activities. Well, I didn't think about it until this coach told us that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar spent 45 minutes stretching before he ever played. And for some reason, that stuck in my head. 45 minutes stretching. I mean, I know I stretch before I run, but 45 minutes stretching before you play basketball? Well, it seems like a lot. But the coach gave us a lot of stretching exercises, including the ones that Kareem did. And Kareem was huge when I was a kid. And so I was thinking, well, if Kareem is doing this, I should definitely be doing this. So I listened and I learned and all of those stretches that we were taught in that basketball class. Those are the ones that I still do to this day before I play basketball. Now, thankfully, the coach didn't have us do 45 minutes of stretching, but there was a good 10 minutes of stretching before we did any activities in that basketball class. So after we did the obligatory stretching, the coach would run us through drills, whether they were shooting drills or foot maneuver drills or dribbling drills or ball handling drills or passing drills. He ran us like it was a professional practice. We were running a lot during the first few weeks of that class. We didn't play a lot of basketball, but we learned a lot of basketball. And he taught us how to shoot, and he taught us how to play defense, and he taught us footwork, and he taught us how to post up. Even us shorter guys. As a six-footer, I wasn't doing a lot of posting up, but at least I knew how to do it. He also taught us the value of using both hands. I've always been weak with my left hand. I do not have a strong left hand. Even after all the years that I've played basketball, I don't go to my left very often because my left hand is weak. It's better than it used to be, but I'm a right-handed guy, so I go right a lot which is bad if you're playing against guys who know what they're doing. But I can go left just enough to keep them honest. But that's the kind of stuff he taught us. How to go left, how to go right, how to pivot, how to spin. And then a couple of weeks into the course, he divided us all into teams. And it's weird the things you remember about stuff like that, but I remember he designated each of the teams with a professional name. So the team that I was on in my gym class in college was the Suns, after the Phoenix Suns. Now, I'm not a huge Phoenix Suns fan, but I always consider myself a member of the Suns because that's the team that I was on in my college basketball course. I was a Sun, and I don't remember how good we were, and I don't remember whether we won or lost more games. I just remember we were the Suns, and we played hard for 10 weeks. Every week, we played basketball, and that class met two or three times a week, so I was playing basketball two or three times a week just as part of the gym class. And that doesn't count the times that I went over with my roommate or other guys on the floor just to go play pickup basketball. And I was loving it, man. It was awesome. And I was getting in some pretty good shape. Because when we went to play basketball, we didn't play for 15 minutes or 20 minutes. We would play for two hours at a time. Yeah, there'd be a chunk of time if you lost the floor because you lost the game where you'd sit for 15 minutes or so. But then you'd be on the floor again, running against the winners of the previous game. And if you keep winning, you hold the floor. And I remember one night, there was four of us from the floor who went over to the rec center. It was my roommate Dave, our neighbors Ron and Greg, and me who went over to the rec center. And we picked up a fifth, and we ran that floor for a good two hours straight. Now, we weren't particularly good, and we weren't particularly skilled, but what we did was work together. We passed the ball, we shot the ball, and we played defense. And we kept winning, and winning, and winning. It only happened that one night, but we played for two hours straight and didn't lose the floor. And that's one of those vivid memories that sticks out for me. Because it was cool working with a team and playing and winning and winning some more. It was awesome. It was great. And that's one of the nice things about basketball. When you get a good group working together, if you have enough skill and you have enough ability, you can run the floor for a while. 
So over the years that I was in college, we would go over to the rec center two or three times a week and play some ball. And it was great. When I got out of college, I didn't have that anymore. So I needed it. I needed my basketball fix. And I've always been able to find it. I mean, I had a job at one point where I had a lunch hour. I was able to take, instead of lunch, a basketball break. There was a YMCA in the middle of town. I knew a lot of the local guys who worked in the same field that I did also took lunch breaks at the Y, and we would go to the Y, and from 12 to 1.30, we would play basketball. Some guys golf during the afternoon. We would play basketball. And then 1.30, we'd hit the showers and get back to work by 2. And I was safe because my boss was there, or if he wasn't there, he knew what I was doing. And it was really part of the networking because a lot of the guys that I was playing with were guys that I was working with. So you get to know people that way. At one point, I also played basketball at the local elementary schools. The town that I was living would open up the schools at night for a lot of the guys in the town. And this is before towns were worried about liability. They trusted guys not to be jerks or to sue them. So, you know, one of the trusted parents would get a key to the gym and he would open it up. And everybody knew that Tuesday night at this school, you could play basketball for two hours. And Thursday night at this school, you could play basketball for two hours. And I knew the guys who had the keys... And so Tuesdays and Thursday nights were basketball nights. So I'd get home at the end of the day. I'd have dinner, a light dinner, because you can never play on a full stomach. And I'd hit the elementary schools and we'd go up and play basketball. And you got to know the guys. You'd hang out with the same guys every Tuesday and Thursday night and you'd play a couple hours of ball. And it was great. I loved it. One of my favorite moments from that time was during the summer. It was too hot to play inside, but there was a local park where you could go play basketball outside. And so a lot of the same guys, instead of going on Tuesday and Thursday nights to the schools, would go to this local park. The local park was bigger, so there was a lot of different guys coming from the surrounding area. And one of the guys that I wound up playing against at this outdoor park was a kid that I went to school with, and he was on the basketball team. Now we're talking elementary school, middle school, high school, not college. So the kid I was playing against, he was a guy by then, but the guy that I was playing against, I don't even think recognized me. Because don't forget, when I was a little kid, I was the fat kid who never did anything. He didn't know me, but I recognized him. Because, you know, he was the big star in school. He played basketball, he played football, he played baseball. Now, I'm not telling this part of the story to say, yeah, I shut him down, I slammed on him, I made him look bad. None of that happened. But what I remember is I was able to hold my own against him. I blocked a shot, I made a steal, I scored on him. Yeah, he scored on me too, but made me realize, yeah, I can play this game. And I matched up pretty well against that guy. So it made me think, yeah, I'm a pretty decent player. And over the years, playing outside, playing inside, playing at various places throughout my life, I've developed a decent shot. I know how to defend. And I just love playing ball. And of course, I played with my kids, taught my kids how to play ball, coached my youngest basketball team for a season. We had a great season. We lost in the first round of the playoffs against a much bigger team, but we had fun doing it. And it's just such a pure sport when played at this kind of level. When you're just playing basketball, you're just shooting, you call your own fouls, you just play ball. It's a great sport. It doesn't matter how tall you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. I've played ball with guys 50 years older than I am. If you've got some skills and you know what you're doing on the basketball court, it's a great sport, man. One of my favorite sporting stories of all time, of course, comes from the basketball court. Now, I told you about the all-star game we played at the radio station when it was the all-stars from the radio station against the teachers at a local high school. I told you that story. That's in another episode of the podcast. But one of my other favorite stories comes from the basketball courts of Akron, Ohio. I was working there one summer, part of an internship, and living in the dorms at Akron University. 
And of course, Akron University has some outdoor courts. And I was really into my basketball at the time. Not that I'm not now, but I was really into my basketball at the time. So I had to go out and find a game. And of course, I went down to the courts. Now, when I went down to the courts, it was kind of like the opening scene from White Men Can't Jump. Remember that? Woody Harrelson, Wesley Snipes, the game going on on the courts. I was the only white guy around. But I also knew I brought with me a certain set of skills. I knew how to defend. I knew how to pass. And I did know how to shoot, but I also knew enough about basketball, and especially pickup games, when you're the new guy around. Unless you are a superstar, you don't try to be the superstar. So I hooked up with one of the squads, and I started running with them. And we won a couple of games back and forth, back and forth. I didn't take a single shot, but boy, I made some sweet passes, and I made some really nice steals. And I earned the respect of the guys on my team, which is the important thing when you're on the floor. If they know that they can trust you to get the ball to them, they will pass it to you, get themselves open, and you can hit them with a pass so they can get a layup or a jam or a jumper or whatever it is. You just got to know your role. So I knew my role, and I learned it really quickly. So we ran up and down the court a few times. We won a few games. And it's starting to get dark out. The lights are coming on, but it's much harder to play outside, in the dark, even with the lights on. So we knew we were on our last game. And this was a tough game, back and forth, tight game, 7-7, seven 8-8, to 9-9, seven, to eight, nine to nine, and you always have to win by two. When you're playing on outdoor courts like this, the general rule is, not always, but the general rule is, you gotta win by two. We're running full court, we take a lead, we go 13-12. The other team is bringing the ball up, and one of our guys gets a steal. And of course, we immediately reverse direction and start heading towards our hoop. And the guy's bringing the ball up, he passes it to another guy, and I get myself open at the top of the key. And the guy hits me at the top of the key. Now I'm wide open and I know my range and I know my ability and I knew that I was in my range. I hadn't taken a shot all night because I was content to pass and get the assists and throw some defense at the other team. But I had a wide open jumper from the top of the key and that's my wheelhouse. Score is 13 to 12. I take a quick look around and I remember saying to myself, what the hell? I set myself, took the jumper from the top of the key Perfect swish, 14-12, game over. My favorite moment in basketball is the next thing I heard from a member of the opposing team. Oh no, not him! That phrase is in my head and in my heart and will stay there always because it made me feel like I had fully arrived on the basketball court. It's funny what sports does to us, isn't it? We have certain memories that just stay with us forever. That's one of those memories that'll always be in my head. I don't have to hear anybody else say anything about my basketball game. I don't have to hear anybody say, oh, he can shoot. Oh, what a great defender. All I ever have to remember is the time the one guy said, oh, no, not him. That made my basketball career. I could have retired and never picked up a ball again at that point. I was happy. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Storytime. Thank you so much for being here, guys. I can't thank you enough for your support and the time you spend here and just the fact that you listen. It means the world to me, and I can't thank you enough. Until next time, you guys take care of yourselves, and I'll see you when I see you.